0: This episode of Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Threadless. More importantly, the Comics Fun Profit shop on Threadless at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com where you can find oh, about half a dozen different designs, plenty of comics for fun and profit themed merch. If you just want a t-shirt? You're good. And if you want sweatshirts or other swaggy items, and you can get anything. Phone cases, shower curtains. It runs the gamut. Skateboards, I think. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, we've already sold several. We're excited about the fact that the folks that want to support us in this way are able to and uh, wear our merch out into the, in the real world. That's pretty exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah, get your comics for fun and profit branded items at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com. Aloha,
1: it's Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing Illustrator Kelly McMahon and writer Matt Groom. Now they are here to promote their new Kickstarter, Bad Blood. Now, Bad Blood is a is a playing card is a is a game playing cards and a murder mystery game now this kickstarter campaign launches on september 19th and and, and run probably and probably end around um october 19th kelly and matt welcome to the comics for Fund and profit podcast how are you doing today
2: hello thank you for having us well,
1: thank yeah. you very much and matt thank you for very much for coming back on and also too i need to say as, as Pierre is walking out of your room, I need to say hello to Mr. Handsome, your cat, Kelly. <laughs> the best so,
3: boy.
1: And so listeners, if you hear a little meowing in the background, because this is, it's an audio podcast, of course, that is Pierre in the background. So um, yeah, so um, I just want to start going over. I just want to start jumping right in. I just want to go over some of Kelly's previous works. Now, Kelly, I got some of the information off of your website and um and a little bit later on, I'm gonna ask you to promote your website. Yeah. You oh. Okay. So now according to your website, you are you are also a graphic designer. Um your work is she's known for her minimalist style, composed of sophisticated vector shapes um and bold colors. Um she now it now she also did a varying cover for the first issue of Radiant Pink. Some of her works can be seen in the Gallery 1988 and Heroes Complex Gallery in LA. Um, and in 2021, she ran a successful Kickstarter campaign called Imperium. Now, now that was it was a deck of 52 playing cards, um, and I've seen the design on your website. I saw some, and I actually, I actually, I let me rephrase that. Um, I know someone did a YouTube review on it. And yes. they're showing the cards. It was beautifully designed.
2: Thank you. You appreciate they were, it.
1: They're beautifully designed. Um, and what it is is that it was celebrating a world of female rulers and their tales of victory. Kelly, like I said, I'm gonna let you promote your website. Um, but I have to say when I was looking through your port your portfolio on your website, I saw and now this I now this is I believe um uh, one of your works that you're doing um, at Gallery 88 in LA. It was, it was titled, this is the way series from the Mandalorian. And I was like, wow, that was, that was incredible.
2: Oh, thank I, you. I um, that's, one of my favourite series that I've worked on, actually. Um, I, I love using bulk colour and I've always been very fascinated with the helmeted characters in Star Wars. There's just something about the idea of they put the helmets on and they become someone else or something mm-hmm. else. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that series um, that I did for the gallery. I also did, like, a personal section of that as well that you can purchase from the conventions and too. So it extends with uh, Vader and uh, some Stormtroon.
1: Oh, God. Um it- Kelly, this is off the cuff because I forgot to write this down. But um the thing I love was the now because your colors are like they're two-tone co- colors that you sometimes use, right? Like yes. they'd be like um like a dark red and a pink or something. I, I'm just trying to, but I love the design. So I love the colors. That's what makes it work. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, we've got <laughs> um thank you i color has definitely been something that i've really focused on a lot in my work and my mm-hmm. color theory um Andy Warhol was a really big inspiration for me. I loved how he uses bold colours together, um, a lot of mid-century design in one way or the other, be it uh, Disney illustrators and the work that came out of Disney's development section in the 60s as well as Andy Warhol. Um, And even um, from my graphic design days, I felt I was always very drawn to that mid-century 60s aesthetic. So the flat bold colours from that was something that's always really inspired me as well as the shape language
1: that came Thank you very much. And then I'm going to go over some of Matt's previous works. Uh, Matt, you've done Self Image from Image Comics. You've, you know, you've had a very successful run on the um, Power Rangers from Boom Studios, and of course, um, you know, um, you're And then um, I'm trying to say this correctly because i'm going to say i don't know when this interview will drop but you know the the recent inferno girl Red book one and two kickstarter Mm -hmm. um i've backed the first one i'm going to let listeners know i backed the first one when it came out two years ago and i just backed the second one and i can't wait for the second
4: one yes appreciate that thank you and yeah it's uh, good to be chatting with you again um, after having that big conversation about igl last time no thank you very much um
1: i'm going to say matt I'm going to ask you, or and Kelly, do you guys want to? Was there anything that I missed, or anything you guys want to let the listeners focus on? You know, any of your other works or anything?
2: I think that's pretty much me, illustration and exciting. Yeah.
4: Yeah. the um, there's some small things, but I think Inferno Girl Red and Bad Blood are the big ones at the moment. They're what I'm focusing on. So
3: yeah.
1: All right. Now. Before we begin the interview, I want to give a big shout out to Hannah Bahedri of Superfan Promotions for setting up this interview. Hannah, yes. thank you very much for doing this. Um, Kelly and Matt, I'm going to ask, would you like to add anything to that?
2: A big thank you to Hannah and David for putting mm-hmm. into this.
1: Room. Absolutely. Okay. Now, also to listeners, I got some of my information from fan Fanbase Press article titled Fan Fanbase Press Interviews Matt Groom. On his return to Kickstarter for Infernal Girl Red Book Two and much more. That's the title of the article. It was the interview was written and done by a friend of the podcast, Barbara Dillon. That article came out um, August 30th of this year, 2023. So if you get a chance, please check out that cool interview. All right. So, Kelly, I'm going to start off the question with you because since I talked about, you know, this is the part where you can promote your website and your social platforms.
2: Uh, you can find me at KMMCM Draws on pretty much every social platform. I'm on all the all the ones we're supposed to have, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and back in the day. Um, yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: and then Matt, what about you?
4: Yeah, I am Matthew Groom on Twitter, one T in Matthew, G-R-O-O-M in Groom. And my website is macroom.com, which has a reasonably up-to-date list of all the stuff that I'm working on.
1: Okay, so I'm going to jump right in. Um, well, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to sort of start jumping into bad blood, and I'm going to the first question I would like to ask you guys, Kelly and Matt, how do you, how did you guys, how do you guys know each other?
2: We met last year at the uh, meetup that the Massiverse group did before the C2E2 Convent in Chicago. So I met Matt and the whole team at that.
4: Yeah, that was Lockport.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: Just outside of Chicago, which is where uh, a lot of Radiant Black is set. So we did a big uh, meetup in a bar that actually explodes, I think, uh, pretty early on in the run of Radiant Black. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's great to meet up with fans. Uh, But yeah, I uh, met up with Kelly there and because of you know Kelly does a lot of conventions and I try as difficult as it is from Australia um Mm -hmm. we we see each other around a fair bit yeah that's pretty cool okay
1: now Kelly I'm going to start off with you may may I ask for the listeners what is Bad Blood about
2: so as Matt and I put it Bad Blood is a devilish murder mystery uh in a deck of 52 playing cards Mm -hmm. um so it is effectively a game that is played alongside of a traditional card game. So it's mm-hmm. an, ex- an extra element to your poker game or your 52 pickup. Um, it invites you to solve the murder of our two main characters, Dee uh, Dumas and Joseph Field. Mm-hmm. Um, Dee is a thief and Joseph is a journalist who is investigating her murder and unfortunately ends up uh, on the wrong side of that himself. So, um, yeah, it's a, this, the game component to the playing cards is a journal that Joseph leaves behind that uh, gives players the information that they might need if they mm-hmm. happen to find it to potentially solve the murder of Dee. And you can read through the journal and you can look for the clues in the face cards that we have, and you can solve the murder. Or you can not, and maybe more people turn up dead.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, I'm going to ask, do you want to add anything to
4: that? Oh, no, I think that was a a great summary from Kelly. Um, Yeah, I I think, like, the, the important thing was that the focus is on the playing cards. Like, first and foremost, they're just an absolutely gorgeous deck of playing cards you can use for playing whatever you know games you want be it Mm -hmm. poker or solitaire um but the the story that we've built around it is designed to help flesh out those characters so that when you're playing and you see all of the face card characters they're not like just illustrations they're um bringing to life these characters that you get to know throughout this story as you unpack the murder mystery and then um
1: Let's see. Um, Kelly, where did you get your idea for this game?
2: So when I completed Imperium, I really loved how excited people got about the the narrative aspect to the cards. Um, mm-hmm. I had built out this big backstory about each of the characters that I designed, and I, I really loved how much people got invested in that. And I wanted to recreate that in a way that the story tied in a little bit closer to the designs. Um, and... I was looking over a favourite childhood book of mine called The Eleventh Hour by BASE, and mm-hmm. it is this beautiful picture book by this Australian illustrator where you have to work out which of the characters, they're all different animals, was invited to the banquet and who ate the banquet before everybody got into the Great Hall to start the party. And there are clues throughout every illustration. Um, you know, the, the magnets on the fridge rearrange mm-hmm. and you can you get clues in that. There's clues in like the gate details. And at the end of it, you can work out which of the animals ate the banquet. And at the back of the book, it was sealed and they they take you through all of the information. I remember as a child being so captivated by this and spent hours trying to work it out before I would let my dad unseal the back of it and we could find out who did it and I saw that book on my bookcase and I thought some clues in the story through the mm-hmm. images and the idea uh, evolved out of that.
1: Wow that's great that is very good and I'm also going to mention too because I because I, it, it sounds like it was, they planted the seed there, the, that yes. book that you love. It planted the seed. But also, too, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that yeah. you mentioned in the press release that you've also, quote, unquote, been enthralled by the mystery genre from TV, film. Also, too, you have, um, and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of have a little bit of a love of the the styles of the 1920s.
3: Yes.
2: Um, I've always loved the 20s in its aesthetic. It's so decadent, um, mm-hmm. and especially from a design perspective, uh, all the pattern work um, and the lines in a lot of the bow um, and deco style thing are stunning, so I've always been enthralled with that. But murder mysteries or mysteries and thrillers have always been stories that captivate me. I, it's just as much as it's nice to sit down and read a book or watch a movie where you know you just kind of go through the emotions i've always loved this idea of like trying to work out what's happening trying to be like one step ahead mm-hmm. um, it's even got I'm not a horror person at all but I remember watching the movie Saw and like wincing my way through that it was just not for me yeah. and then they give you the twist at the end of it and I just thought to myself my gosh this is one of the best things I've ever seen despite the fact that I watch most of it with my my eyes closed so <laughs> it's just yeah it's, it's always been a genre that captivates me and I find it so clever
3: mm-hmm.
2: um I remember as a kid that like, even Scooby-Doo would be fun like you'd sit down as a really little kid and just like I want to know who did it I want to work out out like something about piecing it together like and even like some newer tales like the sherlock holmes movies that came out with robert downey jr is something that like got mm-hmm. me very excited again about that genre as well as the new light like, knives out and glass onion um yeah it's always been something that's called back to me i just enjoy that challenge sometimes when you're watching something and it just yes. i think it immerses you in the media a little bit more than normal or it does for me anyway so it's yeah something that i've always really enjoyed sort of partaking in
1: mm-hmm. um i'm gonna ask do you have a favorite mystery, uh, mystery crime novel or noir movie you have a, mm-hmm. like a one that's one of your top favorites
2: um i've always loved sherlock holmes uh-huh. uh, just his uh, he's so flamboyant and so on on yeah the twists and turns in that and just his personality has always been something that's really pulled me in. Um, so I've always loved watching different iterations of, of that character be brought to life. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Matt, I'm going to ask, how did you get involved um, with the campaign or the yeah, project? It was
4: really just that Kelly reached out um, and had like, so much of this was already fully formed by Kelly, like the, um, the design and the approach mm-hmm. and the desire to have the murder mystery um so when kelly came to me and and sort of pitched this idea of these cards with the better mystery element i was intrigued but i had no idea how to how to do it because it's actually um a very different sort of thing to do as opposed to um what you normally do in a narrative form like comics Mm -hmm. um and i think if anything i was just really excited to work with kelly because like i love her art it's so good um but i was also really excited by the challenge i wanted to figure out how to tell a story in this form um and I've I've always just like loved finding different approaches to telling stories and new forms I think it's really important to stretch your muscles in in different ways so Mm -hmm. it was a cool opportunity to do that alongside some gorgeous art
1: and then I'm gonna ask you know do you have a favorite crime or noir movie or book
4: yeah I mean I think Kelly already mentioned this, but the, like, Glass Onion, Knives Out, the oh. Ryan Johnson's murder Mystery movies is so good. And I think, like, that's, they films I had in my head when we were working through this and developing them. Because I think that mm-hmm. one of the great joys of the mystery genre is that it gives you a lot of runway to invest a lot in all of your minor characters. Normally, minor characters in stories Mm -hmm. will just pass through, serve one purpose, and then keep going. But because of the nature of the murder mystery genre, it invites you to interrogate all of the small details about characters that may not be central to the main plot. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two movies, and hopefully there'll be many more by Ryan Johnson, they take advantage of that spotlight to create the most, like, fully formed, eccentric, entertaining characters uh, and i sort of wanted to sort of you know it's a very high bar but trying and approach that of let's try and have all of these characters feel as unique and feel like they have their own little world going on mm-hmm. um then they all just happen to be crossing paths because of the events of this particular story so yeah big inspiration there oh,
1: that's, that sounds pretty cool um i'm gonna start with you matt um we've already talked about You've, you know we you know Kelly's already mentioned d um joseph, you know, um, uh, and Kelly, please feel free to jump in' it's, you know this isn't oh. just you know if, if and please feel free to, even if you guys want to talk amongst yourself, oh yeah, remember when we tried to do this that that's fine, it's not one of these. you have to wait for the question to be asked, so um, but man, I'm gonna ask you like you know who, are there who are the other characters in the games? are there other characters I should ask?
4: yeah i mean we have a bunch we have uh all of our face card characters so there's um three for each suit we've got our king queen and jack and they all represent a different part of the city so the hearts are uh the unspoken our assassin syndicate the spades are the monty family our organized crime family there's city hall which are the diamonds and then for the clubs there's uh operators of a speakeasy called the broken promise um and all of the three people within that organization play key roles within those those organizations. And then outside of that, we have uh, two very important characters. One is our victim, Dee Dumas, who was a thief that was murdered. Mm-hmm. And then there's Joseph Field, who was a journalist who was investigating all of this, whose mm-hmm. diary you find. And it's his diary along with the card art that you'll use to get to the bottom of all of this.
1: Kelly, I'm gonna add. Do you want Do you want to add anything else? A little bit more background to this, any of the characters, or like to say like um. um
3: mm-hmm.
1: I
2: each character kind of has their own little quirks as well that we've uh, put into this. I don't want to spoil it too much for people. Oh okay, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we I've I've been. Uh, sharing some small snippets on social media of, like, each character as um, we're releasing them, each character's just uh-huh. little quirks about them and how they might be tied to this uh, murder mystery. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really fun designing them all out and investing, as Matt said, you know, all of a sudden these small details about each character become really important. So it's really fun to sort of sit there and think about as I'm designing them, like, mm-hmm. you know, who are they beyond even just this? And like, yes. you know, why are they wearing what they're wearing? And like, we've got um, one opportunity in like a, a waist up kind of um, reflection to get that across. Um, so I do love the challenge of designing uh, playing cards in that respect and trying to bring across personality in such a small, uh, small space. So it's yeah, all around I think that, that uh murder mystery concept, that thriller is gives you a chance to really invest in what you're you're working on, which is exciting because you don't always get to do that with design work.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna tweak one of the questions because actually because, and because of Kelly, that was a great it was gonna be that was a great segue to another question I was gonna ask you about the character designs, but I'm gonna tweak it a little bit more. Um do you have like do you have like a your character designs, do you have like a like some type of a notebook or, you know, you design it and you design like maybe, OK, this is what the speakeasy looks like. But we know, you know, um, it's not going to be in the cards, but at least for you, it's the real world for them in that world. You have something like that.
2: I'm a big mood boarder Um, coming out of a graphic design background. I love a mood board. So I have mood boards for the spaces that are there for the general look and feel of the city. Um, I also, I mood board out each character as well, and I will write down really small details about them. Um, Some things that are in Matt's notes, other things that I just kind of tack onto it because it will sort of spark an idea. And I think like, okay, well, maybe that's relevant to this character. Maybe that's why, you know, they're wearing a, a tight fitting, shirt instead of a loose fitting shirt like you know maybe they roll their sleeves maybe they don't all these Mm -hmm. little small details when it comes to designing characters in this one frame that we get uh it all becomes really important to portray their personality
1: yes Mm -hmm. okay and then um matt this is an off-the-cuff question you know you know did you know um you know did Kelly show you share some of you the backgrounds of some of these characters? That I mean, you can't include it into the journal because then it would be some huge long novel or something. But, you know, did she share any of that with you to give you like a – this is like a fully lived world?
4: Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of conversations very early on just about the nature of the world and how all of these characters um, interact. And I think that's one of the most fun and interesting parts of all of this is you have all of these, you know – individual characters who are pieces of the narrative but then as you start putting them all together you have you think about the relationships that they'll all have Mm -hmm. and then that starts changing and influencing who they are Mm -hmm. um so even though the, the the sort of inner workings of this city that we have there's a lot of corruption there um that means that the the crime syndicate is going to have something of a relationship with the police and mm-hmm. this speakeasy where everyone gathers is technically illegal, but mm-hmm. it's sort of respected by everybody and the people who run it will have very specific relationships with different groups of people in the city. So as you start understanding how all of these people relate to each other, you get a sense of how they would have to operate as people and what, what would be required for them to survive in this this dangerous place. And then mm-hmm. that again informs the characters. So it's this very fun, iterative process of starting out with pieces that sort of go on the board. But the more you think about them and the more you write for them, the more they become real and they start changing each other. And mm-hmm. it just feels more and more organic.
2: It becomes very organic. Like even where, like Julia's about to say, like, I'll start to design a character and then there'll be something we've got about it. And I think, okay. Could we take this further or do we pull it back? Do mm-hmm. we need to flesh out this aspect of their personality a little bit more in it? Like what's gonna make them unique and tell their story and uh, it fit into this world and connect the story, the design, mm-hmm. and then the the game all together. So it's been it's been a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle and like moving pieces around, trying to get everything to interact with each other properly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think
4: that part has been a lot like working in comics where it is like that back and forth collaboration where, um, you know, Kelly will do a little bit and then I'll work off that a little bit and then that'll inform the illustrations a little bit and then I'll mm-hmm. see the illustrations and that, that'll that change my perception of the character mm, yes. um, and want to change the character to sort of match that better. Um, you sort of go back and forth until you find the most sort of organic and robust version of each of the characters in this world. And then, Kelly, I'm going to start... I'm
1: going to ask you this question. It's like, um, like, you know, um, how did, you know, um, how did you guys decide to make this into a card game? You know, instead of uh, like a, because sometimes, you know how some of these um, mystery games is usually a board game. How, how did that well, come about?
2: Um, Because we already designed the Imperium deck. I I wanted to have a go at doing another deck of cards. So that sort of informed how I was going to approach this. And when I was, as I said before, when I was thinking about the idea of like building a narrative that works closely with the card designs, um, that whodunit concept kind of popped into my head and I was like, people love a murder mystery. I love a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought to myself like, well, you know, it came back to the Graham Bass novel and I sort of thought about it all and I was like, yeah, I, I could do this with playing cards. Um I had entertained the idea of maybe designing like a board game, but I was like, oh I don't know if I necessarily have the skills for that. And I don't know anybody that is a board game designer, but mm-hmm. I've done this once with the playing cards and I really had a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. just watching as I said watching people get so excited about this narrative component to these decks of cards I thought yeah you know what this is yeah let's do this let's see if we Mm -hmm. can get this to work and like I knew exactly how I like I knew I wanted the narrative and I knew I wanted the narrative to tie to the cards the tricky bit for me was I was like I wasn't really sure how to get the narrative to tie Mm -hmm. to the cards and then Matt came on and he fixed that (laughs) yeah yeah
4: so, I didn't know what the sound either, to be yeah. honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I sat down with Matt, and I was like, I have this idea. I don't know how they link. He was like, Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, so well, yeah, we'll, we'll walk away, <laughs> think about it, and come back. And lo and behold, yeah. a few days later, Matt was like, I think I fixed it. And yeah, <laughs> and I was like, Yes, this is perfect. So yeah, it was yeah, hadn't quite connected the dots yet. So.
1: And then Matt, I'm going to ask do you. You want to add anything to that part? Like, you know, um, how did how did you were able to tie it
4: together? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just about like uh, all of the pieces were there. Like Kelly had this, um, like the world and the approach and the style, and um, like I think the the idea of it was spot on. Um, I think what we ended up doing was going back to sort of the foundations of the mystery genre, mm-hmm. um, and as a reader of of like a whodunit mystery you'll know that like you want to find out the means and the motive and the opportunity are sort of like the very key big factors. So figuring out how we can layer those through um, both the card up and the idea of this journal that we came up with. Mm -hmm. Um, And once we sort of had that established, it was, it was a lot easier to figure out, okay, how do we put all of the right clues in? How do we give you some clues that might, you know, end up being dead ends would take you down interesting paths and it became something a little closer to game design in that way rather than just typical writing mm-hmm. um and you sort of like figure out that structure figure out the like the answer to the mystery and all of the paths that you'll be led down and then from there you can start building in the texture and adding in all of the flavor and the world building and the design that might not necessarily contribute directly to the playing of the game mm-hmm. but will still um you know it, it'll make the whole experience and the journey worthwhile
1: oh okay
4: Um, the next set of
1: questions are kind of be like a little process questions. So Kelly, I'm going to ask you, so like how many players can play this game?
2: So the game's designed to be played with the traditional card game you're playing. So as I said, be it snap or poker, um, solitaire, the idea came with, you know, the way a murder mystery or a mystery is told is like traditionally, that for me always the bit that I'm so impressed with is how they reveal the information to Mm -hmm. you. That's obviously a big part of it. So how the information is revealed to you will obviously change every time you shuffle the deck and play a different uh, game. So you will read the the journal and then the clues will be dealt out during the card game you're playing. So essentially as many people can play the game as there is allowed to play in the traditional card game that Mm -hmm. you're playing, uh, so I guess an infinite number. No, okay, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's um, it just depends on what you're playing with it. But I I really liked how it uh, tied in, the idea of revealing cards tied into the way mysteries are sort of put
1: together. Oh my God, that's no, because I I'm just because I want to make sure I got this right. Because you mentioned that I like because let's say if if I do back this Kickstarter. Yeah, but I want to play it as as because usually I just you know I uh, my wife's not a card player, but I want you know, but I play solitary, so I could play I could yeah. play the game myself. Yeah, yeah.
2: Play on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can I, also. Oh, you know what? I was going to say you can just shuffle I, the cards and deal <laughs> them out. to Yeah, them.
4: <laughs> that, that's one of the things that like appeal to me most. Um, mm-hmm. almost unfortunately is I don't have many opportunities to play games in person with friends mm-hmm. um, and having this, this game that I can get on Kickstarter and um, just play by myself if I want to. And then also mm-hmm. have the, the just card uh, cards really appealed because so often I see cool board games and things on Kickstarter. And I think that's really cool, but when am I ever going to get yeah. four people around mm-hmm. in person to do this? So you have that flexibility. If you want to do it in a group, you absolutely can. But um, if you just want to do it by yourself, you can do that as well
1: that's so cool that is really cool um can the, the is the game designed for a targeted audience like are we looking at teens to adults or
2: um i suppose uh, there's a murder mystery concept to it so maybe teens and above but mm-hmm. it is it can also just act on its own as a 1920s embellished deck of cards as well so
4: okay yeah absolutely i think that like it, Yes, there, there's definitely murder involved, yeah. but it's not like you you know you see any of the murder God. happens in in yeah. person. Yeah. So I don't think there's like yeah. a lot of age concerns. I think perhaps yeah. the the unpacking the murder mystery element might be a little complex for say like small children. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, I I, I think it's very very welcoming.
1: Oh okay. Now I'm joking on this part since this is called Bad Blood do you guys have any rules like what happens if someone is caught cheating during the card game
4: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys have a rule <laughs> i mean like
4: <laughs> I, I think um, we've uh, built anything in mechanically but maybe that's something no, we need to be- do before we finish it off.
2: i know we can we can add that in <laughs> <laughs> we'll
4: have to come up with something cool yeah. uh like a like tricky game kind of rules yeah you know, oh, you yeah, to, yeah. If you if you do something wrong, we'll we'll add some dire alcohol related consequences.
2: A, ki- a king's
3: cup aspect. <laughs>
2: yes, um. absolutely.
4: I think as as Australians, we have a, a patriotic duty. To oh, we do include a slightly unhealthy alcohol related element to all of this. I
2: think it would be
1: unpatriotic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Let's see. Um. <laughs> Kelly and Matt. And I want both of you guys to answer this question. Well, you know, whoever starts off, um, are you guys, you know, because like you mentioned that you're a fan and mystery fan, um, you love the twenties. Are you hoping that some of, um, the fans that back this Kickstarter, um, when they, you know, um, when the campaign ends, a very successful campaign ends, are you hoping that you would hear like little groups of people like, you know, um, you know, dress, we'll dress up in like nineteen twenty style clothing and play the game.
2: Of course. Yeah. Uh, as Oscar Wilde says, one can never be overdressed or over-educated. So I, I feel like if you can put on a 1920s frock and sit down and play some cards and have a good drink for the night, sounds like a fantastic night to me.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, right.
1: I'm going to start talking about, I'm going to start asking about stretch goals. I'm, um, uh, you know, Uh, I'm going to start with you, Kelly. You know, what kind of stretch goal rewards do you guys have?
2: So we're building all of this out at the moment, but it is looking as though one of the stretch goals that we're going to put in place are embellishments on the journal itself and on the decks of cards. So I would love to be able to get the cards to be gold gilded, uh, gold edged, uh, have foil embellishments on them. um, And I have been, I'm very excited. I found a uh, printer who can do a leather bound journal for us as well so that is one of the kickstarter goals that i have in place at the moment um i i love like tactile things and the idea of the journal looking like a real journal really excites me so i've pushed that direction for the goals this time as opposed to adding different elements to mm-hmm. it um yeah
1: and then matt i'm gonna i'm gonna add this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I want to make sure I got this correct. Now, um, I got my information from the um, fan-based article. Now, now, if uh, now if someone backs the Inferno Girl Red uh, book to Kickstarter at the physical reward level, and they back um, the Bad Blood campaign, now, they will receive an exclusive IGR holographic
4: print done by kelly is that correct matt that's exactly right and it's very cool but it's it's kind of inspired by uh bad blood in some ways in that it's kind of mimics the the card style Mm -hmm. um and of course just seeing cassier internal go writing in in kelly's style is is great um so yeah if you you got back at the physical level for igr uh and also back bad blood using the same kickstarter account importantly, when we end up fulfilling InfernoGo Red, we'll be sending out that print that will be uh holographic um yeah out to everybody who does both, which I think is it's such a cool way to tie the two campaigns together. Yes. Um yeah. And all and no I'm gonna and Matt
1: correct me if I'm wrong and Kelly correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, um the fan base press article um has a picture of it of I think
4: Yeah, it's very nice.
2: People aren't going to be able to see this.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, it's very cool. We're actually going to have up quite soon some photos of what Kelly is is showing right now via via video, which is that print with the holographic effect on it. Yeah, it's just it's so cool.
2: I was very excited to get to do it. I remember the first time I read Inferno Girl Red, and I just fell in love with the world that um, the team had built out and that had built and the characters. It's... It was it was really beautiful, so I felt very very honored to be able to do my iteration
3: of. It.
1: Oh, thank you, nice. Matt. I'm going to start off with you. Do you want to give any shout outs to um, if there's any other members uh, that help with um, with the um, bad blood um, campaign? Is there anyone else you guys want to give shout outs to? Uh,
4: I mean, we have uh, the folks at Superfan PR, which actually already gave a shout out to. There's Hannah over there and David as well, who have been helping us promote both Bad Blood and Infantical Red, which has been absolutely fantastic. They're such hard workers and clever people. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure, Kelly. Is there anybody else? Uh,
2: we do have a little surprise that we'll be launching oh, yeah. in a okay. – probably in a week or so. Um, but all I'm going to say is I want to give a really big shout-out to Nicoletta, who is fantastic, and mm-hmm. you'll find out a bit more about that later. Yeah, yes, yeah,
1: so definitely, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because yes i'm kind of thinking um we probably released this interview probably close to the um the launch date the, when the campaign starts so yeah oh, okay but no okay that'd be great um let's see um before i ask before i start wrapping up on the bad blood um section kelly have you toyed around with the idea of turning bad blood into like a graphic novel or a comic or a limited comic book series
2: i would absolutely love to do that um in fact we would can't... love to do that okay <laughs> um, all right that's... and i i hope we can that's all I'm okay <laughs>
4: um yeah i think you know there, there's natural synergies that the person could infer from all of this <laughs> and given our our skill sets and our yeah. our know, our passions yeah
2: but mm-hmm. uh, it it would be very, very fun to see the whole world come to life in that yes. way. um Matt's really built out mm-hmm. this very fun um mystery and some very fun characters and I would love to see you know the the interactions I have in my head from mm-hmm. just what we've done and how these characters all work together and how the world pieces together. It would be really exciting to sort of see that come to life in. You know?
1: I'm gonna speak theoretically. I know nobody can see the quotes that I'm doing right now, <laughs> but but Kelly, yeah. if you have the opportunity, would you look at trying to illustrate, do some illustrations or work I... on the book?
2: I'm, the graphic designer in me would most definitely do the layout. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not so much a traditional illustrator. Uh, mm-hmm. If we were to do something like that, I would definitely bring somebody on board who wields that skill set uh, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely much more of a designer, um, okay. designer illustrator than I am a storyteller perspective. Um, I I really do tip my hat to comic illustrators. I feel like they they really can't not be good at anything. There's no angle. <laughs> they can't not be able to draw or mm-hmm you know it's it, it always amazes me when I flip through uh, graphic novels and I look at the level of skill those people have I'm like oh my gosh this is incredible and you know some of them can just do it you know off the top of their head they're not necessarily using references for every image or every pose and mm-hmm. I, I'm really so impressed by that like it's, it's so exciting to see um people you know watching videos of people like bringing it all together and
1: mm-hmm. you, know. you know Kelly thank you very much all right so The final question before I start moving on. Um, Kelly, what happens if someone misses out on this Kickstarter? Is there a website that they can go to pre-order after the campaign is fulfilled? Yes.
2: So just after the campaign closes, um, I'll be at New York Comic-Con. And then after New York Comic-Con, my store will go live again. Uh, It is Mm -hmm. kellymcmahondesign.com. And you'll be able to pre-order the uh, journal and the deck um, and all of the add-ons that
1: we have through. I'm just, Matt, I'm just asking, will you be having this also on your website too later on?
4: No, Kelly will be the the one-stop shop for all of this stuff.
1: Yeah. All right no thank thank you very much okay um all right i'm slowly wrapping things up i'm gonna, um so um actually because matt i'm going to ask you this question because i never because we ran out of time the last time mm-hmm. um or correct me if i'm wrong i'm not sure if i did what was your favorite convention moment
4: either as a creator or as a fan mm-hmm. oh man there's so many um i i value conventions so highly i think being from australia and sort of being what feels like cut off from the rest of the comics community a lot of the time. That when I have those rare opportunities to do it, um, it's it's you know, I think perhaps one of the the greatest ones, and not just because it, uh, I got to meet Kelly, was the uh the big massiveverse meetup that we had mm-hmm. the night before C2E2 in Lockport. Mm-hmm. Um and having that's what those things were um Kyle Higgins, the writer of Radiant Black, organized it and you never know how things like that are going to go, right? Like mm-hmm. you say, we're going to meet up and we'll see how many people turn up. And because Lockport's a, a decent drive outside of Chicago, um, we, well, I'm not sure what Carl's expecting actually, but I, in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, we like five people, 10 people, but <laughs> it was absolutely huge. This bar was over like four levels and it was just packed with people. I'm getting to hang out in that more informal context, um, context and sign stuff for people and answer questions and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fire twirler there for some reason that I never quite figured out. It was just Roke a. a sun, little... I think. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tired for so There we go. There it was go. just, um, yeah, an incredible night. So, yeah, always remember that one.
1: Kelly, what about you? What was your favourite convention moment, either as a creator or a fan?
2: Um, I've been lucky enough to have quite a few really beautiful moments um, and exciting moments uh, from panels to uh, really nice um, engagements with fans. But one thing I really do love is the just the community aspect. There's something so lovely about being able to go into a whole full of people who are doing really similar things to you um, and get excited about projects mm-hmm. that other people are working on and have people get excited about what you're doing and just there's – something so validating about having someone pick up what you're working on and you know Mm -hmm. get excited about it in front of you Uh, it's not something that you get to see often as a creator the internet is you know likes and uh, comments they do stack up and you do appreciate them but there's nothing quite as special as having somebody stand in front and say wow I love this Mm -hmm. and it's just a really really lovely thing and it's just it's it's so nice to connect with other people that are doing what we're doing it can be Mm -hmm a lonely job at times uh, You spend a lot of time on your working through ideas and you know you can occasionally get to jump on a zoom and knock some things out with people but there's just something so special about that
1: community. Yeah. Um, Kelly I know you mentioned your next convention appearance is going to be New York Comic Con yes. do you have any other conventions lined up for the rest of the year or anything?
2: Um, I will be before New York Comic-Con, I'll be at Anime. Um, and then after New York Comic-Con, I believe I at Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. potentially one other in there, that I can't remember, but they are all the student.
4: Okay. And then, Matt, what about you? I'm hoping to get to New York Comic-Con, it, despite how close it is It is still a little up in the air, Um depends how things are financially i'm going to do a bit of a dig around in my couch and see if i can find any one <laughs> and two dollar coins that you I know, <laughs> push them all together might amount to a plane fare um so yeah hopefully hopefully i'll see you all at you know comic con if, if if people go into that
1: oh that'd be nice okay um two more questions because i'm i've already asked you this question already i'm going to ask kelly yeah. kelly have you have you and your family been to hawaii
2: I have never been to Hawaii. It mm-hmm. is on my my list of places to see. I'm going to be very, very basic here and tell you that I've admired the Disney hotel that they have there. I'm such a Disney fan. And I would really love to go and see that <laughs> as much as I would also love to see all of the wonders and beauty that Hawaii has to mm-hmm. offer. Um, so if you have any recommendations, please let me know. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> all right.
1: Um. Kelly, I'm going to start off with you on this question. Any closing words to our listeners?
2: Uh, thank you so much for for listening in on this. And I hope you guys can get behind Bad Blood. Uh, we've worked really hard on it. And I'm just really, really excited to put it into the yeah.
1: Matt, I'm going to ask, um, any closing words to our listeners?
4: Yeah, just I really hope people check out Bad Blood. I think it's very exciting to try new things. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Kickstarter is you get to experiment with the form. You know, you, it's not just about what you know will succeed in certain commercial outlets. You can take a, a very strange but hopefully very exciting idea or something very novel like this and see who it's going to resonate with. And I suspect that it's going to be very exciting for a bunch of people. I think it's a really cool intersection of a bunch of different interests and and styles. So mm-hmm. if any part of it uh, sounds interesting, I hope you'll come check out the Kickstarter campaign and um yeah see if we can draw you into our uh, wider world
2: i would also like to add that i hope everyone will because it is absolutely stunning and the first mm-hmm. book is just so beautiful yeah
1: ellie i agree with you i have the first book oh that over. oh that oversized book oh my
2: yes God. yeah
1: it's very it's, cinematic
2: yeah and to get the second of that would just be so wonderful
1: Mm-hmm. um Kelly, Matt, mahalo. Thank you in Hawaiian for your time and giving me an opportunity to interview. Actually, Matt, thank you for giving me another opportunity to interview you again. Thank you very much. No, it's good to chat to you, Jason. No oh, Thank yeah, you. Thank
3: you so much.
1: And I wish you guys all the success with the Bad Blood Kickstarter campaign. I want to thank Hannah of Superfan Promotions for setting up this interview. Hannah, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. Now, If you are a new comic book reader who loves these murder mysteries or someone who loves to get together with their family and friends and play games, you know, please check out the Bad Blood Kickstarter campaign. It goes live on September 19th and ends on October 19th. Um, What I love about this, Kelly, because you, you mentioned it during the interview that it's the what i love the idea is that you turn this you turn playing cards into an immersive game that you know they're gonna it's just solving clues um it, it adds a different dimension to card play i really think that's great Thank you. and the other thing or what i really love too is that it's either an individual who does solitary can play by themselves or if they want to have you know four you know four or five friends over and they can play poker and then it adds an extra level to that as well too you know um, and also it kind of it's it's also kind of it, it, and it kind of and I have to say it kind of adds a little bit more of um, fun and excitement to it because if someone if someone who loves playing poker you know they bet real money they're drinking this is going to add a little bit more fun and excitement to it yeah
2: that's that's definitely
1: so and also to kelly and matt i'm being serious to our listener i'm being serious so listeners you know if you don't know what to get your friend or family member you know that who loves these who loves murder mysteries and you know likes to play card games and stuff please consider backing this kickstarter and giving them this um this uh, unique gift for either as a Birthday present or as a Christmas present? Because, you know, it, it sounds really, it sounds great. It really, to me, it does. um I want to thank Drew, the host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys aloha
0: kyle i've got the solution to our dreary dreary evenings we can um, we can we can pop a little magic mind and get a little pick me up and and still still go to sleep just enough to give us some some clarity of mind uh a a little creativity get the creative juices flowing maybe give you one or two before the podcast you know (laughs) to really focus you in uh, you you fall asleep
5: during one podcast, and all of a sudden, that's your problem. Uh-huh. But yeah, absolutely, the worst thing you want to do is, you know, brew a pot of coffee at middle of the night right before podcasts. <laughs> yeah, then you're up the entire evening. What you need is good, sustained energy, clarity of mind, not you know a jolt of caffeine that hurts yeah. your body and all these things. Absolutely, and uh, Magic Mind uh, does all that stuff and has that. Uh, okay. Matcha. I want to talk about matcha, Drew. Okay. All right. The the green vegetable matcha that 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 buzzword that superfood. I didn't think I'd like matcha. I uh-huh. am starting to like matcha, and that's one of the big key ingredients here is that that uh, that lovely green superfood that has the benefits of all the uh, uh, keeping you goings.
0: Yeah. And it uh yeah it it's cool stuff. It, it's pricey. Uh, mm-hmm. Matcha is. But they stick it in this uh, with with some great other ingredients, all natural stuff. Um, so, But you you can get it through us with our code. So we want you to check out this Magic Mind Elixir. Check this out. It is go to magicmind.co slash comics profit. And Elixir really is the perfect word for it. It's a nice little elixir. It's very yes. cool. For sure. If you feel you want to try this out, go to magicmind.co slash profit and use our code. You can get uh, 20% off uh, of an initial one-time purchase or up to 56% off of a subscription. So if this sounds good to you, go to magicmind.co slash profit and use our code CFP. You can get up to 50%, 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with the code CFP. Or you can just use that discount code CFP at magicmind.co slash comicsfunprofit
3: to get 20% off a one-time purchase just to sample, dip your toe, check it out.